Are we live? Okay. Um, just so you know, you are my first woman on the podcast, so I don't know if that means anything to you, but I'm I'm excited for that. Yeah, I uh, I ran to a friend like a year ago, and she said, "Oh, I see you got a podcast." And then I we talked about, it and she's like, "I had don't see that you've had any women on there, so she can shove it because <laughs> now I have." So um, let's get into this. First off, what is a municipal court judge? Yeah, so a municipal court judge is essentially your low-level crimes. Uh, it stems from traffic offenses uh, to uh, petty theft, domestic violence, those sort of crimes, uh, OVIs, mm-hmm. any civil cases under $15,000, and your evictions, so any of your landlord-tenant issues. Um, when you say under 15000 does that, like, include – and just so you know, I know nothing about this, so I might ask you the same question just three different ways. Um, the under 15,000, like, is that like probate stuff? No probate. Okay. No, so that's through, um, probate court. So, okay. uh, Judge Lewis is the probate juvenile court judge. And so okay. all of the probate issues go through, uh, Judge Lewis. Um, since you mentioned another judge, how many judges are there in Brown County? Yeah. So there's three total. So, um, the, the probate juvenile court judge is, uh, Judge Val Lewis, uh, the common pleas court judge is Judge Scott Gusweiler. Mm-hmm. And then currently, my father-in-law is the municipal court judge uh, here in Brown County, Joe Worley. Okay. Um, what, you said like low-level crime. Um, if someone has to, like, how can I answer this? Th- this is what I'm talking about, how you were asking me before we got on air. Um What's the difference between you and, like, going to uh, mayor's court and, like, a magistrate? So mayor's courts are actually very similar to municipal court. Uh, they see a lot of the same offenses. Uh, just it's the munis- or the magistrates uh, that handle the, um, the mayor's court crimes, and then they can be transferred from mayor's court to municipal court if they want, uh, if that individual wishes to have, like, a jury trial or a trial to the municipal court judge, they can then transfer from mayor's court to municipal court, just depending on the situation. Okay. What would be a situation where it goes straight to you versus not going to them? Uh, Sometimes if it's multiple offense OVIs. Okay. um, So your mayor's courts try to keep uh, most of the traffic offenses in their courts Mm -hmm. uh, so that it's, it's it's a revenue generator for the uh, municipalities, mm-hmm. and so if it's multiple level uh, um, or multiple offense OVI, then those get transferred to municipal court a lot of times because the penalties are more severe as you as you progress uh, through the OVIs. And so if you have multiple OVIs, the penalties are more severe. So then it would have to go through a municipal court judge to uh, impose those penalties. Okay, um, so. If I get pulled over and I get a speeding ticket by a town cop, I would go to mayor's court, correct? If it's like a one-time thing. That's correct. Now, if I get pulled over by the state trooper, would I go to you? Or would I have to pay the fine in to you? Y- yes. Is so it, the, okay. A state trooper uh, who files a, a, a traffic offense would file through municipal court. Mm-hmm. But if it's a village cop or um, one of the through one of the villages – 
they, those would have a tendency to stay in mayor's court. Um, again, you said low-level drugs, so or <laughs> low-level offenses. Like, would marijuana or is that low-level? Could be, yeah. Most of uh, the possessions of marijuana, just given the amount, uh, depending on the amount, will uh, be a minor misdemeanor. So those could stay in, in the mayor's courts and um, just depends. So what about, um, let's say someone has some cocaine, but it's a low amount. Is that not you? That is not. That would not be me. That would actually be Judge Gusweiler. So any possession of cocaine or any of your scheduled offenses or drug uh, scheduled drugs would uh, be a felony level okay. offense. Okay. Okay, cool. All right. Um, so I'm glad we got that out of the way. Uh, I was asking somebody what it is, and she was like a, um, a secretary for an attorney, and she just blatantly said all the boring stuff. And I, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't know what to say. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll take your word for it. But um, do you think it's boring? No, I, okay. I, I love uh, anything in the, in the. I, I, I will tell you that I chose the correct field when I decided to be a, a, an attorney. Uh, it's something that um, you know I'm passionate about, and I thoroughly enjoy and. I have no regrets about becoming an attorney and, and progressing through um, and with my career path. So what, what really made you, was there like an aha moment when you wanted to become an attorney? or There wasn't, actually. Um, so my, my dad is a farmer. Uh, my mom works for an environmental company in Cincinnati. And, you know, the only thing that I can, I, I knew from an early age that I wanted to be an attorney and I have nothing really to associate it with other than watching the TV show JAG with my dad. And I just remember being so inspired by the female attorney just working her way through. And, uh, you know, she was just such a, a strong figure that, uh, you know, I just remember idolizing her as, as a young child and thought, you know, that would be very cool to to litigate in court. And, um, and so that's the only... That's the earliest memory I guess I have of my, that sparked an interest in becoming an attorney. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, seeing that, like watching TV shows, because a lot of good movies or good TV shows have to do with lawyers, cops, what have you. But is it anything like the movies? It depends. Uh, most of the time, no. It's not as... Um, there's no dramatic background music? No, there's no <laughs> dramatic background music. But it's not as... Um, you know, sometimes the... Obviously, TV and, and Hollywood, they they over-dramatize uh, the courtroom action. Uh, and sometimes you get that, just depending on... If you're, if you're in the middle of a jury trial, it does get um, sometimes a little bit heated, I guess, for lack of a better mm. term. And you do have those, you know, dramatic moments, but the day-to-day stuff is not, it's more routine, I guess. And so um, it becomes less and less dramatic when you do it on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So, but the, the I would say the, the closest thing that you get to like a Hollywood type theatrics would be a jury trial. Okay. Um, and so you, you get those, those emotions uh, where your adrenaline's going and, um, it's actually quite fun. Okay. So So what school did you go to? What I law school? So I went to Capital University Law School in Columbus. Okay. 
and um, my undergraduate, I, I went went to Wilmington College. Okay. Stayed local. Oh, all right. So. Um, what uh, what? How long you been an attorney? A little over seven years. Seven years. Um, uh, what what did you practice? So I've I've done a little bit of everything in my career. Uh, the first and foremost, um, I, I was an assistant prosecutor here in Brown County. Uh, that was my first job, and um, and then I decided several years into my uh, assistant prosecutor gig that I wanted to, to, to go out on my own and try private practice. And in private practice, um, I actually established my own private practice in Mount Orb, Ohio. Okay. And uh, in private practice, I did a little bit of everything which is what you would have to do as a private practice attorney in Brown County. You just have to, you can't specialize, really mm -hmm. specialize in anything. Um, and so I did a lot of family law, a lot of divorces, child custody, child support. Um, I did uh, some civil uh, cases, uh, just a little bit of everything. Okay. Um, what, uh, what made you want to stay here in Brown County versus like, working up in Columbus or, like, being a, a, an attorney in the city? You know, there, there are a lot of benefits to going uh, to the city. Uh, the first and foremost that drives most people away from Brown County is the pay. Mm -hmm. So Brown County, obviously, we're uh, more rural. Uh, we don't have as much of the, the, the tax revenue base. Uh, and so that's what drives most people away from, from Brown County. I, on the other hand... I, I love Brown County. This is my home. This will always be my home. Uh, and I'm passionate about making Brown County better. And I think that was one of the motivating factors uh, for, for remaining here in Brown County. I, I want to do my part and um, to make Brown County better. And I can't do that if I'm working in the city. I can do that if I'm working here That's in Brown County. Valid point. Um, now we'll, we'll get back to that because you said something that I want to talk about, but, um, what, uh, so why are you running? Like what, you know, what made you want to run? What made you want to switch from a lawyer to a judge so early? I always knew, uh, from a young age that I was going to run for some sort of public office. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and I think when any, uh, anyone who was seeking an elected position, when they're asked that question, why, it's, it's obviously to serve, it should be to serve the public. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it goes back to my desire to make Brown County the best it can be. I want to leave Brown County in a better place than I, I found it. And, um, you know, not that, uh, Brown County is, I, I love Brown County. And, uh, you know, I would, obviously, I could have chosen to live anywhere. Uh, you know, I grew up here. I didn't have a choice of where I grew up, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't trade it for anything. And, uh, you know, I want to see Brown County thrive. And I think that I can help uh, by uh, in a role as a municipal court judge, because through my experience, I've been able to identify all of the unique issues that face uh, Brown County. Uh, you know, drugs and mental health are two of the, the largest contributors to um, to our crime here locally, actually everywhere, but mm -hmm. especially locally, it's what we see. And we have to figure out how to to um, remedy the, the drug and mental health issues or set people up on a path to success. 
Uh, and it's not that we're not doing that now, but I think we g- we're going to have to get creative in addressing these issues because otherwise we're just going to keep seeing the same people come come in uh, through the justice system and go back out and then just come right back in. So um, can you, like, give me that again in layman's terms? Like, are you going to um, – like, if someone is, like, a repeat – drug offender with marijuana are you not really going to focus on that and because that will still you know deter them from being successful and uh, uh, productive in society just because they have that on their mark are you going to like I guess are you going to um, not really focus on those and focus on something else I think what you're asking me is um, essentially uh, it depends on a case by case basis because okay, because perfect. because I think that if if people are productive citizens who um, who minimally violate the law, if mm-hmm. it's just one person that came in on a possession of marijuana, that's different than you're you're looking at a career, uh, a lifetime career criminal mm-hmm. who is using drugs and stealing from people or physically harming people, I think that's, that's, that's the, the individuals that obviously we need to stop the cycle. Okay. Um, and most of those individuals are individuals who, um, who are poverty-stricken. Poverty uh, they're, they're generational criminals. Okay. Uh, they, they don't have um, access to adequate housing. Uh, they don't have transportation to get to and tr- from employment, so they're therefore they're unemployed. Uh, you know that's the generational uh, cycle that we need to 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 address, and we need to minimize or find ways to minimize the recidivism that we're seeing with these individuals. So, how are you going to do that? So, one of my my main goals uh, for municipal court judge is to implement a drug court. And so that drug court, the the goal of it would be to reduce recidivism by identifying all of those uh, indicators that bring individuals into the criminal justice system. So your poverty, your lack of transportation, your unemployment, your uh, the folks who are uneducated. Figure out ways to help those individuals address those specific needs, um, and obviously drugs. Is 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 the the crux of most of those individuals' issues, mm-hmm. um, and find treatment, adequate treatment for them that will resolve their drug dependency issue, uh, while simultaneously addressing all of those other stressors. Um, and so, uh, dr- the 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 key to drug court is to hold individuals accountable for their wrongdoings. Mm-hmm but also set them up with services that will reduce their the likelihood that they will come back into the criminal justice system for the same reasons. Uh, what do you mean by, like, their uh, sentencing? Like, s- say that statement one more time, and so I can answer the question or, or ask the question. So the goal, the goal would be to address all of the, the stressors that bring individuals into the criminal justice mm-hmm. system. Um, obviously, they would have to be drug-dependent individuals, to start with, 
and then address all of those um, those other stressors. So your unemployment, mm-hmm. uh, your uh, lack of transportation, uh, the the folks who who lack adequate housing, address all of those issues, um, while also addressing the drug dependency issue, so that we reduce the likelihood that those individuals are going to come back into the criminal justice system for those same reasons. You say address the issue. Like, are you saying if someone comes in and you don't know anything about them, all you know is they committed this crime of this drug possession, are you saying that you want to find out, do they have a car, do they have a job, and do do you just ask them that straight up, or do you, like, ask their attorney, or how do you... So that would be something I would rely on probation to utilize uh, resources. So when they interview uh, folks who are coming in to, to and presenting uh, to the drug court, those individuals would, would have a probation officer who they would report to, and that probation officer will help identify those, those risk factors mm-hmm. that are bringing people into the, the criminal justice system. And then that, that probation officer would then help address those those issues by u- utilizing community resources. ABCAP is a huge mm-hmm. resource. Uh, the mental health um, board is, is a huge resource. Uh, utilizing uh, folks like Child Focus, Talbert House, all of those resources um, that can help address those issues. Um, so most of these people don't have any idea how to connect with those individuals to utilize those resources. And so Ohio Means Jobs is another one. Uh, those individuals can do uh, a litany of, of um, help or help these individuals in a litany of different ways, uh, such as they can provide funding for gas or to help them fix their vehicle that's been broken down for years uh, that they haven't had the funding to mm-hmm. to. Um, to replace a part or something to get their their vehicle operational so that they can get to and from work so that they can be productive. Um, and so, uh, and they help them seek and find employment given sometimes these individuals have uh, felony records or, um, I- and they can't get certain uh, employment opportunities as a result or they have evictions on their record so they can't get adequate housing because they're restricted as a result of that eviction. So help identify those barriers and then address them using community resources. So you're basically saying you don't want to just have people come in that committed a crime. You want them to basically, you want to find out why they committed the crime, what, you know, what their environment's like, and then try to make it to where they don't do it again. Correct. And okay. so, and, and so, you know, it's easy to say, let's just throw all these individuals in jail uh, to punish them for, you know, the wrongs that they've committed. But the reality is that's not addressing the, the real issue at hand. Now, now I'm not saying that there's not going to be circumstances in which uh, jail time is uh, appropriate. I mean, obviously if these individuals aren't, uh, aren't taking the, uh, the, the process seriously, then those individuals obviously can't be helped uh, in a manner that I, I am trying to do, uh, and, and jail time may be appropriate in that situation. But I think every case needs to be judged on a case-by-case basis to see what is appropriate, whether somebody is going to be uh, responsive to um, you know the, the help that we're trying to provide them. 
So why, this is a little off subject from what we're talking about, but why now? Like you've only been a lawyer for seven years, so why are you like taking that leap? Well, I think um, it's it's a good opportunity. Uh, I, I think I'm ready for it, and uh, I, I have, you know, Sheriff Gordon Ellis once told me, he said, don't complain about a problem you haven't tr- tried to fix. Mm-hmm. And I've identified problems, and I want to fix them. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not saying I have all the answers, but I'm saying I, I'm motivated, I'm passionate, and I want to help people. And I think that this is the best way that I can help people right now. Okay. Uh, this might be a tough question because I'm not trying to call out your father or your father-in-law, but do you, are, are you saying that you're not seeing that right now? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I have new ideas that may be more beneficial to the individuals who are coming into the criminal justice system. What, what kind of, what goes on now in the court? You, you know what I'm saying? Like what, I mean, obviously they, with, with how like times are changing and stuff, I mean, they can't, I assume, I mean, Joe's a good guy. I assume he's like, he has some, somewhat of a mindset like that, you know? So is there anything that you, that they are doing and you just want to add to it or anything like that? I would assume that it would be adding to whatever Judge uh, Worley is currently implementing. But one of the things that has kind of driven me to, um, uh, I guess, understand how to address the, the drug and mental health issue is my experience through working with children's services. So currently, I am uh, the juvenile prosecutor, uh, and I represent children's services, uh, and I handle all of the, the juvenile delinquency, so the criminal um, cases involving children. I represent um, adult protective as well. But one of the the um, new programs that was just recently implemented through Brown County Children's Services is, is a program called the START program. And the START program was initially a pilot program that started about, I would say, a handful of years ago mm-hmm. um, and has progressed. And so uh, it was kind of a program that Brown County just kind of they had some guidelines, and then they just ran with it. And they have done an exceptional job of implementing that program. And it was a state state program that they were they were piloting. And so, um, actually, Brown County Children's Services is the first certified start program in the state of Ohio, and they are implementing that the um, that program across the state of Ohio. And so uh, what that program does, the difference between a start case through children's services and an ordinary children's services case is uh, an ordinary children's services case, uh, children's services is required to meet parents or make contact or attempt to make contact with parents uh, once monthly, and children too, once per month. And so the difference what the START program is they have to make eight contacts per month with the family. And so what that more frequent contact does is it creates more of a, um, it's, it's a more friendly environment. And it's they, uh, the families see children's services more as like a team mm-hmm. as opposed to an adversary. And you can see that at every level of the, the process uh, in, in the court process. 
you know, when these when these parents come in and it's a start case, you can just tell they are working hard. They don't want to let you down. They don't want to let their children's services worker down. They don't want to let the judge down. Um, and so it creates this more team-like environment. And I think that that, that has driven success um, because, you know, one of the things that kept me out of trouble growing up, if you will, uh, is the fear of letting my parents down or the fear of disappointing my parents. And if you don't have that person that you fear that you're going to let down, uh, then that, I think, it, it, it removes a layer of accountability. And so I think when you, when you look at the START program and how it, the success of it, uh, I think it, it, it revolves around accountability and the environment that these folks are, are um, participating in services. It, it's, it's, it's team. It's a team. They don't want to let you down. And, um, and so I think that the, the more frequent contact you have with an individual, the, the accountability aspect, they, I, you, you create an environment where they want to succeed, uh, I think we're going to see more success. And so that is kind of what I want to implement uh, through probation is a, is a program very similar to that where we're having more frequent contact with these individuals, at least early on. And I'm not saying that, you know, we have to interfere uh, completely with their lives, but I think early on it's important. So until we can get them sober, get them into mental health treatment to address the, the mental health issues, um, I, I, I think that more frequent contact is important. And so that is something I think is different than what you're seeing Judge Worley currently implementing mm -hmm. is, is something similar to that. Okay, um, so you said that that program that you were talking about is a state program, right? Correct. So, and you want to implement a new program. Is there a program already in set, or is this something that you have thought of and no one else has? D or I would love to say I'm, I'm the, the first to, to come up with this, but no, I, I think um, the Supreme Court has actually ruled that, like, uh, the environment that a drug court – uh, creates is 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 successful, um, and I think it's a very similar environment to what what that start program it creates. And so these folks don't want to let the judge down or the magistrate, whoever is hearing the drug court cases, and and so I think that that drives success. And so um, you know one of my my plans is to obviously if I if I'm elected, I'm going to uh, uh, reach out to win. <laughs> Keyword. Yes, when. when. Uh, and so um, reach out to other municipal court judges who are um, implementing uh, the, a drug court and identify how their theirs operates, what they've seen as success, uh, and what works and what doesn't work, essentially. And then the Supreme Court has already said, like, um, you know, this is, this is, drug courts are effective. Uh, they're statistically, they're proven to be effective, mm -hmm. and uh, you know they are encouraging. The Supreme Court is is encouraging uh, judges to implement drug courts because of the success that they've seen. Now, you, are you saying like the the Ohio Supreme Court or the U.S. Supreme Court? The Ohio Supreme okay. Court. Um, it randomly popped in my head, but like since Brown County is relatively a small county, based off population. Um, 
is there only one municipal court judge per county? Some it just depends on the county size. Some some municipal court or I'm sorry, some counties have multiple municipal court uh, judges. Some counties have multiple common police court judges, um, and uh, so it just depends on the size of the county and the need. Uh, Brown County has only had one common police court judge, uh, one probate juvenile court judge, and one municipal court judge. And each term is six years? Yep. Okay. Um, now, are, y- are you running as a Republican or a Democrat? So the uh, j- judicial races are nonpartisan in okay. nature. And so I, I am a Republican. Um, and so um, I do have the Brown County Republican Party Central Committee uh, recommendation currently. Okay. So they've, they, I'm the re- only recommended candidate. Okay. Um, do you think, you said it's like nonpartisan. Do you think in situations like this, um, is there ever going to be like a, oh, it actually is crazy to think it's like two we- two months away. Um, is there going to be like a meet the candidate night or anything like that? Yes, there's, uh, there's actually two scheduled. And let me look at my calendar here. So the first one is October... October 5th at, um, well, I think it's a 5 or 6 o'clock in Georgetown. Um, I don't have all of the, de- the details on that one yet. And then uh, the next one is uh, s- later in October, I believe. Michael, do you know when that next one is? I don't know when the next one is. I have the first one as the candidate forum on October 5th at 7 o'clock at the Gaslight. Okay. So it's like an open forum, so anybody can... So I think people had to register for it and to get in. Okay. And there probably is still time to register for it, um, but all candidates just had to sign up and say, I want to be a part of it. Yeah. Um the next one I just saw, I just found it. It's October 10th at 6 p.m. at the Gaslight Theater as well. Um, and so those are that one is being hosted by uh, the October 10th um, uh, Meet the Candidates is being hosted by the Brown County Conservative Republican Women. Okay. Um, and, and so they have invited candidates who are going to be on the ballot in November, which uh, unle- absent, um, you know, township trustees, uh, school board and those those uh, races. I'm the only countywide uh, race on the ballot in November. Okay, and you say it's a forum. So will your um, opponent? Yeah, I was trying to think of some cool other word to call her an opponent. But <laughs> will your opponent be there too? And will they be asking you an individual question, or will it be like a hey, here's this question. What are your what's your opinion? What's her opinion? You know, I don't know exactly what their plan is as it relates to the process. Um, I assume that my my opponent has been invited, but I am not a hundred percent sure whether she is committed or not. Okay, so it's not a debate. It's more just like a get to know them, ask them what your opinion is about this, that, and the third. That that is my understanding. Okay, and that's October fifth and tenth. Correct. Yeah, okay. so the October 5th one is being hosted, I think, by um, Jill Dotson, uh, or she's at least the one that's organizing it through Georgetown. And I'm not sure if that one is going to be more geared towards, like, the 
the Village of Georgetown uh, candidates because there are several individuals who are running for uh, mayor and council um, and that I was just invited as well. Uh, or if that's going to be, I guess there, well, there are um, uh, school board uh, also in the village. So I'm not exactly sure. I'm not, uh, they haven't let me know the details of those. Um, have you received any endorsements? No endorsements, just the, the re- recommendation. Uh, other than like personal endorsements, I've had, uh, I've had a lot of positive support uh, from individuals, uh, friends, family, and uh, new friends, I guess I should say. What do you mean by personal? And you've had no endorsements, but you've had personal endorsements. What do you mean by so, that? So like individuals. Okay. So, so um, has has ju- has the current judge now, has he, uh, or is he just staying out of it, like being par- bipartisan or, you know, being neutral? He doesn't want to get in the middle of it, and he doesn't want to kind of do that. Well, and and actually, um, for judges, you cannot have, you cannot endorse candidates, uh, and you can't campaign for candidates. You have to be very careful uh, as a, a judge and a judicial candidate as to what you do as it relates to uh, political endorsement. So he cannot campaign oh, for okay. me. I, d- I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Most people don't. It's it's yeah. uh, it's uh, there's a lot of different rules for judges. Yeah, because I mean, you see it like, I mean, with the president, you know, if one's going out of office, you know, they're typically going to endorse the one, the person that's from their party that's trying to get into office. Um, what with him being your father-in-law, when you get elected, um you be bringing in new staff or will you be keeping the same or because I, I do know that or I've heard that typically when uh, people come in they bring their own staff and they kind of you know do what they have to do like I hate to say let them go but it's nothing personal it's just you have yours and they had theirs yeah. um, do you plan on bringing in new staff no 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 I, I it is my intent to keep the the staff that's already employed there. Uh, I don't want to take anyone's job. Okay. Um, but one of my plans once, uh, if I, if I am successful, uh, in taking, uh, as soon as I take office, I will, um, update the policy and procedure manual, uh, and update job descriptions and, and job duties. And basically just make sure it's very clear what my vision and goals are and what each employee's role is in accomplishing my visions and goals. And, and so because we're, we're going to be a team and uh, I want to make sure everyone's on the same page as to what we're trying to accomplish and how we're going to do it. Uh, and so I think it, that is important when you're coming in um, as, a, as a new judge to make sure that those, those um, that your my vision is outlined in a manner that they they understand what their role is and how they play a role. Okay, um, I'm, I'm going to give you a scenario. Let's say I commit a crime, like a low level crime, um, around right after y- you have won the election, but you haven't taken office. All right. Um, now I don't know anything about the scheduling, so like I said, please correct me if I'm wrong or I don't understand anything. If I commit a crime after you've won the election, um, and then it's I commit the crime during Judge Worley's tenure, but I my court 
hearing is scheduled for you. How does that work since it's, it's a crime committed during one administration versus the other? It would, uh, it would be, it's like a seamless uh, transition. And so any case that arose while, uh, while Judge Worley was on, on the bench, mm-hmm. Judge Worley being my father-in-law, <laughs> uh, then I could, I could technically, I could handle that case or finish or resolve that case um, if, if I'm successful and I take office in January. Uh, and that case is unresolved. Um, this might be the same question, just different wording. Say if there's like a jury trial and he's like in the middle of it and it won't end when his time is up, will how will that how would that work out? He would have to finish that that trial absent um, uh, some extenuating circumstances. Otherwise, let's say he got ill or something, mm. I would assume that that case would then have to be um, you'd have to it would be uh, a mistrial and then have to retry it to a new jury with a new judge because, uh, you know, it's, it's unfair for a new judge to come in and s- when half of the evidence mm-hmm. is already presented uh, to come in and try to resolve that, that particular case. You know, because a lot of um, judges, as they're presiding over cases, they will uh, evaluate the um, legitimacy of the, uh, the evidence, or not the legitimacy, that's the incorrect word, um, they will be able to evaluate the credibility of each individual witness who testifies um, and and determine whether uh, those individuals are credible and believable and uh, to determine the outcome of that particular case. And so if they don't, if a new judge is coming in, they don't have the benefit of evaluating that evidence and the mm-hmm. credibility of each witness. So the scenario I just gave you, was that kind of like an outlier like, it probably won't happen. Correct. Okay. Um, but what you just said, that that's how it would go down if it were to happen? That's That okay. would be my assumption. Um, so, with the, uh, like, campaigning, um, how are, have you got, are you funding it? Or is, you know, like, kind of like the endorsement, um, is anyone like donating to it or explain all that to me? Yeah, so um, I knew I was going to run for municipal court judge for several years now. And so uh, my husband, Michael, and I, um, we have planned accordingly and been able to save our own uh, money to to support our, um, or I say our because he's been my, my campaign partner. He's uh, He's been my support and my rock and making sure that I, I am everywhere I need to be and uh, just fully committed to supporting me. And I'm, I'm very blessed. And so I oftentimes refer to this as, uh, you know, our campaign. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we we were able to, we were in a blessed situation where we had the time to to develop and save our own funds to, s- uh, to support the campaign. And I've also been blessed with uh, individuals who have helped me uh, who have individuals who have donated to my campaign to help support uh, the financial uh, aspect of, of the campaign. So we've I've had a couple of fundraisers and um, and individuals who who have who've donated to the campaign. Um, what were the fundraisers? Uh, so I had wine with Worley that was at mm-hmm. uh, Miranda Nixon Winery, um, and I had uh, a fundraiser at Indian Spring Winery. 
Uh, and then I just had a fundraiser uh, at the Jailbreak Inn. So it's the new uh, uh, Verbo at and and um, mm-hmm. Ripley. So uh, very grateful for the individuals who have allowed me to host a fundraiser at their their uh, businesses. And uh, you know, and I'm 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 so grateful for the support that all of my friends, family, and and now uh, new friends have have shown me over the the course of this campaign. Okay. Um, when did you like officially start the campaign? Um, uh, you don't have to like give me the. Uh, I just want to know pretty much how long. Like, w- is there like a date where you can't campaign and you have to wait until this to start campaigning? Or I probably started campaigning um, in March or April. Okay. And so, um, yeah, so that's probably about the time frame. Uh, but I've been I've been meeting people uh, and getting out in the public and uh, for quite some time now. Okay, I know the answer to this next question, but I'm gonna ask anyway. Is it exhausting? <laughs> it, it it is, but it's also rewarding too. Um, and frankly, I'm having a lot of fun just getting out in the community, uh, going to events that um, frankly I never knew about before the campaign and. Uh, there are events that we went to and that we probably won't miss for years to come uh, just because we've had so much fun. And, you know, it's just it's it's great to see uh, communities um, coming together and uh, for the betterment of their community, having, you know, the Heritage Festival was just last week uh, and, you know, they're. Their their Lions Club, all of those individuals who who donate their time and volunteer their time, um, are are doing it. It's selfless. They're they're doing it for the betterment of their community. So it's it's great to get out in the communities, the different communities, and see all of that support, um, and and to meet people. Uh, I love meeting people. I, I obviously I like talking. So. I'm an attorney, so we we most of the time never n- stop talking. So, um, but uh, no, it's been it's been a blast, and uh, I look forward to the next sixty days or so, and uh, until no- November seventh. So we're going to have a good time in the meantime. Uh, now, can you answer that, Michael? Is it exhausting? Like, what are what are your uh, what's your opinion on all this campaigning? And and be truthful. It's okay that she's here. Courtney is definitely bringing out the extrovert from my introvert. <laughs> but it has been fun, and anyone who says that there's nothing to do in Brown County, uh, that is untrue. There is so much to do in Brown County. And if you've been following Courtney's Facebook, you can see that because uh, she has full events that she's uh, been to for months, and it, it's nonstop. But it's great. It's a lot of fun. So we get to go to a lot of fun events. I get to see a lot of friends there uh, as a kid because I have done this for quite some time now with my dad being the current judge. Uh, it was miserable as a kid being drug around to campaign events, but it's not so bad now. Now it's, you know, I get to hang out with friends and family. Cool. And actually, um, just last night, we were at the uh, Catholic Church in, Fa- in Fayetteville. Uh, that's my home church, and so we were at the festival that they have every year um, and one of my friend's mom, uh, she came up to me and she said, I need to know your schedule. I need to, to get out and have fun in Brown County. She said, I never knew all of these events existed until I started following your social media and y- you along this, this campaign trail. 
And so I, I think that that's a valid point. I think, uh, you know, a lot of these events uh, get overlooked um, just because, you know, people think that they have to go, uh, you know, to the city to, to, to for entertainment. And that's, that's not just not the case. We have, you know, live music probably multiple locations. Well, I know every multiple locations every weekend in Brown County, whether that's at Sons of Toil or Indian Spring Winery, uh, you know, there are multiple locations. Actually, we were at Lake Winoka um, over the weekend, uh, and they had live music at the point, uh, which is right on their beach. It's beautiful there, and they had um, the fireworks show. And so it's just there are a lot of things to do in Brown County uh, for entertainment purposes that I think people overlook just because they uh, of the, the uh, misperception that they have to go downtown for, for entertainment. Is uh, being on the campaign trail, especially now that it's like heating up with the last two months, um, is it interfering with your practice or is it like hard to juggle? I mean, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, so I'm working full time uh, currently at the prosecutor's office and uh, I, I wouldn't say it's interfering. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm able to take um, vacation time uh, whenever I, I have an opportunity, but I make sure my work gets done before before I go, um, and so uh, you know I've I've saved up plenty of vacation time so that I could take off uh, every opportunity to 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 go out and and campaign, and so uh, you know that's been w- that's been what I'm do- I've been doing, and it's not been it's not been difficult. It's it's been I can I'm usually pretty good at time management, so I've I've not had any issues with those. Okay. Um. I'm looking at your Facebook right here, and um, uh, you're into a lot of things. Like, you're uh, the vice chair at the Brown County Chamber of Commerce. Um, How long have you been doing that? I've been with the Chamber of Commerce uh, a few years now. Um, I probably started, I I remember it was COVID. I think it was was 2020 for sure. Um, so I've been uh, blessed to, to get on the, the chamber board and, and help with economic development um, through the, the Brown County Chamber. And uh, the Brown County Chamber of Commerce is doing great things right now. And uh, I'm just so proud to be a part of, of that progress. Uh, and they're actually getting ready to launch a leadership program here soon. Um, beginning of next year, that's they're going to implement this leadership program, and I just think that, you know, the, the chamber is is taking action as it relates to trying to make Brown County a better place to live, work, and raise a family, and so I'm just honored to be a part of that. Um, w- with you being on the board, um, what? So the Chamber of Commerce, they basically like, um, like you said, they kind of make. They try to make Brown County better for, you know, for people to live, work, you know, socialize. Is there anything coming to Brown County or anything, like, in the works that's coming to Brown County? Not that I'm aware of. Um, I think uh, there's some, some growth happening in Mount Orb, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know specifically what, what the um, – what the plan is i know that they've they've been they've worked very hard to to develop a um an economic development plan and i think that they are um they're they're trying to implement that so i i can't say for certain what exactly is coming um but the brown county chamber of commerce um helps support those business owners here currently 
um, and uh, try to tries to to find ways to prop them up, and uh, whether that's through advertisements or um, you know offering of of, of services. Um, so like you can get like reduced rates on your your energy bills and those sort of things through the co- chamber of commerce insurance, uh, better rates on insurance and those sort of things. So they do they will focus on trying to economic development. So obviously, if you have thriving businesses in a community, mm-hmm. it's going to drive other businesses to come. Um, and so, you know, I think the chamber takes that uh, very seriously and, and trying to implement and create a, a, an environment that is worth investing in. Okay. Um, also here it says you are a uh, board member of Ohio Children's Trust Fund. Yes. Is that still a... Th- okay. Yes, and actually I am uh, currently, as of um, about a month ago, I am the, the, the chair. Um, and so they... Uh, and so Currently, I'm the, the chair of the uh, Southwest region, the Ohio Children's Trust Fund Southwest region. And so the Ohio Children's Trust Fund uh, is essentially designed to, uh, as a prevention uh, of a child abuse and neglect. And, and so they identify resources that will help reduce uh, child abuse and neglect. Uh, and they fund those different programs. Okay. Um. If you, sorry, I made a mistake. When you get elected, um, what are you going to do going forward? Like, is this it? Like, are you just going to try to, you know, every six years you're going to try to run for it again? Or do you plan on moving up? You know, is this the, I don't want to say, hate to say it, but is this like your peak? Or do you want to, like, become common pleas judge? Or do you want to go to, you know, be a, like, a, a state judge or something of that nature? Yeah, so um, in the infinite words of Gordon, Sheriff Gordon Ellis again, he, he told me that, uh, you know, a wise man once told him that you should do something as long as you're progressing at that, that particular job. And so as long as, as I can identify and implement uh, different um, avenues to help people, uh, I will, I, I want to... I want to, to – that's the, the length of time that I want to be a municipal court judge. And so uh, as long as I'm progressing, that's uh, – in the moment I stop progressing or get idle or um, stagnant, I guess, is the moment I, I have to realize that I'm done. And so I don't foresee that happening at any point in the near future, uh, you know, because uh, – Drug, the drug issue wasn't created overnight, and it's not going to be fixed overnight. Uh, same with mental health. And so uh, this is going to be something, a task, that is going to take uh, a very long time to accomplish. And I hope that I will see success or be able to measure that success. Um, but uh, I don't know what the future holds. I think that, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think that it's a – it's something that I can definitively say at this point in time that, you know, I'm going to be municipal court judge for, you know, <coughs> excuse me, 18 years or 24 years. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, if an opportunity, um, I think I need to take advantage of this opportunity and, and make it the best that I possibly can before I evaluate 
what next steps are. Okay. Um, you mentioned uh, the drug problem didn't start overnight and it's not going to be fixed overnight. Do you have, and you did just say uh, you don't know what the future holds, but do you kind of have like a timeline of when you, from the time you start your program or your ideas to when you want to see real progress? I, I, uh, I'm not naive. I know it's not going to be immediate like I, I, I want, but I hope we will be able to see success uh, within a relatively short period of time, especially, you know, it's one of those situations where, you know, we, we, we shouldn't reinvent the wheel. Uh, if other drug courts or other courts are implementing um, uh, programs that are, are driving success, then uh, why reinvent the wheel? So, um, so that I think will, if I reach out to other municipal court judges who say, hey, this works, uh, you know, I think we'll see success uh, at a far more um, a, a rapid rate than, um, you know, if we're going in blind. We're not going in blind here. There are, this has been proven to, to work in other court systems. And so, uh, you know, th- I think it's just identifying what's going to work here in Brown County and implementing it and the, and the procedure in which to implement it. So um, besides uh, the statement you made about there are things to do in Brown County through this campaign, is there anything you've realized or learned that kind of uh, opened your eyes or shocked you? Nothing that really shocked me. I mean, obviously people want um, – want accountability uh, for wrongdoing. And so, uh, you know, I, I, people are frustrated. Uh, they, they see criminals on the street that uh, continue to commit crimes and, uh, and they don't see the form of justice that they, they want to see. And I understand that and I can sympathize with that. Uh, but I think, I think the goal is to reduce that recidivism that we're seeing on a regular basis. You know, uh, if you work in the criminal justice field, you you there are uh, individuals that you see with great regularity, and it's just a matter of time before they're back in. Uh, and so, um, you know, I think that that's probably people have expressed the frustration that, you know, we need to hold these individuals accountable for the wrongdoings, and I intend to do that. Um, I, I, I want to make sure that, uh, you know, if, if, there, if, if individuals are victimized, uh, I want to make sure that those individuals recoup whatever uh, money they're out of pocket uh, to recover from the, the injustices that are committed upon them uh, by these individuals. And so I would, um, you know, hold them accountable for their, their actions and make sure that they um, – do my best to ensure because restitution is never is never guaranteed, unfortunately. And so you have these crimes committed upon these individuals and who never see a dime of, of the money that they're out of pocket. And so my, my one of my priorities will be collecting restitution to make sure that these individuals are whole, made whole, uh, and, and and it holds these individuals accountable. Uh, for their their actions and um, and so that's that's I think the the primary uh, concern that people are expressing is they they want accountability. Okay. Um, now, uh, 
earlier we were talking about how like seeing uh, lawyers on TV and whatnot and how it can be like uh, corrupt um, or there it's it's a field or an industry that is easily corruptible. Have you seen any kind of corruption throughout your career or even when you were, I don't know what you do during law school, like um, what is it, like a co-op or something like that? Like, have you ever seen something where you're like, eh, I, I don't think that's right or that's wrong? I can't say I, that I've witnessed anything personally. Okay. Um, so why do lawyers get a bad rep? What do you mean by bad rep? Um, like, I've always heard that, so, I mean, some lawyers are, you know, just for the money. They they want the big cases or they know how to, they know how to, um, they're not seeing the client's best interest. They're just seeing their, their best interest. Like, th- Maybe, like, they know going into it, like, okay, um, this person's rich, but they're screwed. I can just get money off them, and I can extend the trial or something like that, and I can just, you know, make money off them, and they're really not trying to, like, help their their client. Sure. Um, I think, you know, I don't know that uh, that's anything that we see here in Brown County. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like... Uh, the the attorneys who regularly p- practice in Brown County are, uh, for lack of a better term, straight shooters. So if somebody comes in with a presents a case um, to them and says, "Hey, what are, what do you think?" I think our attorneys here in Brown County are going to say, "You know, it's it's not a good case. Uh, I don't recommend you you uh, uh, filing anything because I don't think you can win." Uh, I think that, um, you know, maybe maybe that's something they, they experience in the city. That's not anything that I have personally witnessed out here. In fact, I've, I've witnessed the, the opposite of that and that they, they are they're doing their best to protect okay. their clients. And, um, you know, that's not to say that there aren't bad apples in every, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that there are, uh, you know, uh, but I don't see that here. I remember a quote from... Um might not even be a quote. Well, it is a quote from a um, Better Call Saul. Um, but uh, like the saying that why didn't God create snakes before lawyers for practice? That that kind of, I mean, there there's has to be some truth behind that joke. Sure. Um, but with corruption and lawyers getting a bad rep, um, if there's ever like a conflict of interest in um, when you become judge, like, how will that be assessed? Like, say, a family member or a very close friend um, is convicted or, you know, has to go in front of you. Will you, or even a staff member, will you just say, hey, I'm, like, can you call in a different judge or something like that? Yeah, the Supreme Court, uh, you reach out to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court will appoint uh, what's called a visiting judge uh, to come in and hear that particular case where there's a conflict. Okay, um, and you, Michael, you told me a couple weeks ago that your dad, now that he's going to retire, what did you say he was going to do? So, uh, because he is retiring as judge, he has the opportunity to be a visiting judge in the future. So, basically what you just said? Correct. 
Okay. Is he going to try to do that? Like He is undecided at this time. Okay. Uh, however, uh, because he's a municipal court judge, he can only visiting he can only be a visiting judge in municipal court. Whereas Alan Corbin, who is a retired common pleas court judge, can do any court in Ohio. So when you go on vacation and you have, so either Joe or Alan Corbin can step in for you. Well. Theoretically, yes. Uh, the Supreme Court will probably veer away from appointing my father-in-law, mm-hmm. and and if I'm if I if I win, to my court, um, and uh, but yes, Judge Judge Corbin could technically be appointed. Uh, Judge Margaret Clark could be appointed, um, but the Supreme Court will do that. Um, I don't know if it's random or. Uh, maybe geographically, whatever geographically makes sense given where that visiting judge lives. Um, they have a method for which uh, they choose those individual judges to, um, to, to come in and handle those conflict cases. Um, so that's, that's... That answers that question. Yeah. Um, now you said that it's a six-year term, um, and there are three different judges in Brown County do does each judge like have to run every two years? Does that make sense? Like you, uh, for twenty twenty three, you're going to run for municipal court judge, and then the probate and juvenile are they going to run two years from now? And or like what are the what are the years for each judge? So um, for municipal court is the only the only one that's uh, uh, not on the same year as the other two judges. Okay. Um, and so Judge Gusweiler and Judge Lewis uh, are 2026. So that would be the next time that their their seats are, are open. Okay. Um, are, is there polling in Brown County? Is that a thing? I don't know that they they do that. Um, now the Board of Election do, Board of Elections does have resources available as it relates to voter turnout and um, in each election and, uh, registered voters, but I don't know that, um, anyone has really done any polling per se. Maybe, maybe your statewide or national level, uh, campaigns, but not for local races that I've seen. Maybe you should, you know, send Gallup this uh, podcast and get him out here. I could, I might just do that. Um, so are you feeling confident leading up to, I don't think you can you can ever say you're confident when you're you're running a campaign. Um, I, I will tell you that I am confident that I'm working hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am confident that um, I have I have good ideas uh, and good vision, uh, and and I I can the things that I can control. I am confident. I am doing everything I possibly can. Um, and uh, but to say that I'm I'm confident that I'm going to win. Or I'm confident I'm going to lose. I I I don't think any candidate speaking truthfully can tell you that. Um. So before we wrap it up, um, wh- like, let's. I I kind of want to get to know the the non judge side or non attorney side of you. So like, what do you do, you and Michael? And another thing I want to say, I really do like how like. Uh, he got on here too, and you said it was your, you know, it's not all about you. It's you and him together. I mean, you are going to be the judge, but I, I, I like that, how you were very selfless, right? 
not selfish about it. So go ahead. Tell me about yourself. So uh, obviously, um, you know, first and foremost, my, my life is, is Michael and, um, you know, we've been married uh, a little over six years now, and uh, it's the best decision I ever made. And I think going through this campaign together, I, I think is is has solidified that uh, that decision even more. Not that I ever questioned it before, but uh, just the the level of support that he has shown me. Um, uh, you know, I hope that someday I can repay all of the support that he has provided me and, and whatever he chooses to do. And one of the things that I can most control right now is that uh, hopefully I'm victorious. Either way, um, the next vacation uh, has been devoted to Michael wherever he wants to go and whatever he wants to do. I, I will not weigh in on any of that. So I'm not sure if that's Blackbeard's hideout in North Carolina because that's somewhere he wants to go. Uh, I can tell you that, uh, uh, you know, it probably wouldn't be at the top of my list, but if that's where Michael wants to go and that's what we're going to do. So, uh, but uh, outside of that, um, honestly, uh, spending time uh, with Michael is my favorite thing. And so we, we like to hyphen up your husband. Say, Look at that. I, I mean that, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not just saying that just because, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm trying to make a, a good impression. Um, but we enjoy, uh, do just doing life together. Uh, so we, we enjoy traveling. Um, I enjoy making Michael hike to the, the, the highest uh, points and, and that require the most effort to for the best views. Uh, he sometimes, uh, he never tells me he hates me, but sometimes I wonder if maybe during those awful hikes that he's, he's questioning maybe his decisions, but, um, no, uh, so we enjoy traveling, hiking, uh, anything outdoors, really, uh, we like to play tennis together. Um, I play basketball mm -hmm. uh, in an old lady's basketball. Uh, I, I've heard of that. Yes, and so it, it is the best. And those individuals are uh, just a really, really good group of women who are supportive. And I'm I'm so blessed to to have been included in that an uh, old, old lady basketball. Um, so I'm very grateful and have established uh, I I would assume lifelong friendships with those individuals who um, just good, good people. Uh, what else do I do? I like to read. Um, I love to read. I don't have as much time right now to read as I'd like. I, I, I tried to start a book a couple months ago, but uh, never, never got an opportunity to finish it. But uh, John Grisham's my favorite author. Uh, uh, and it's kind of, I know it's uh, kind of cliche, but uh, he's a great author. I highly recommend any book by John Grisham, I think, and when he's he's uh, he's writing about um, you know lawyers, mm -hmm. uh, I think that he it's pretty accurate. Uh, so it's fun to read, um, good plot, uh, and so um, I grew up an athlete, so I, I I love playing all sports. I was playing um, in an adult soccer pro program or adult soccer league, uh, but. I got a little, a little dangerous. I, I felt like I was going to, I don't know, blow a knee or uh, I had I had an ankle injury that took me a long time to recover from, and it was not fun paying those medical bills either. So I kind of, kind of gave that up for a time. But uh, um, I also I coach uh, mock trial, high school mock trial okay. at Fayetteville High School, um, and that was something I never did in high school, and I, I regret 
not participating in mock trial because I think it's a wonderful program. Uh, you know, the primarily why I didn't participate um, in high school was uh, I was too busy playing every sport. Um, but I think that there is a, a lot of uh, opportunity uh, for growth when it comes to participating in mock trial. Uh, these kids uh, learn how uh, to public speaking. Uh, they they learn critical thinking. They they learn how to analyze uh, different situations. They learn the law, uh, and so there are a lot of benefits to uh, mock trial that I think are just um, skills that these these kids are going to that are going to help them at every stage in their life, uh, and actually. We had uh, one of my mock trial kids just graduated high school this past year, and we attended graduation at Fayetteville High School this year, and one, he was the valedictorian, one of this kid. And before, he, he, when he first started participating in mock trial, he, he spoke in a very quick cadence type of, of, of manner. Um, very, very intelligent kid, uh, just exceptionally intelligent. And he uh, was so quiet and couldn't, he, public speaking was not his thing. And so he participated in mock trial. I don't know if it was all four years, but definitely three years. And he played each part uh, and he performed very well. And every year he would get better. And when he gave his valedictorian speech uh, this past, past year, she, he just crushed it and was he was funny uh he was on point and just a, a great speech and and I attribute a lot of that to to mock trial uh and obviously just a, an exceptionally gifted individual who I think will do great things but I think that is the benefit of of mock trial and so it's it's very rewarding all right do you have any last remarks that you want to say no, I, I think that uh, I'm just excited, and this this whole campaign uh, trail has been uh, an awesome experience, and I'm excited for the next 60 days. Uh, and I, as as a competitive athlete, I, I uh, have been very competitive in in this this campaign. So it's been fun. It's kept it fun. Okay, uh, cl cliche question, but why should Brown County vote for you or elect you as their municipal court judge? Because I'm passionate, I'm motivated. Uh, I will, I will do what is best for the county, um, and uh, I'm, I'm not someone who is uh, so uh, self-oriented that I'm not going to adjust along the way. If something's not working, uh, I'm going to find uh, a better way to implement or correct or, um, you know, to try to remedy these these issues. Uh, and and so I, I I think that I I'm the best candidate because because of those those and I, I think that I also have a, a very good uh, temperament. I think it's important to have mm -hmm. the right temperament for the bench. Yep. Uh, I'm I'm not one that is quick to anger or um, you know I don't have a temper. Uh, and so and I think a lot of times it's important for a judge to, to have that sort of mentality because there are individuals who are going to test your patience and uh, you have to be able to maintain 
the the proper decorum to 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 ensure that you know the the fairness of the process is preserved and so you don't want to lose your temper on uh, somebody who's being a jerk uh, uh, because then they will never be able to appear back in front of you and think well the process is fair so you have to maintain uh, you know the proper temperament to ensure that uh, you know that that uh, the integrity of the 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 um, position is is maintained. Okay. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. I appreciate you coming on here. Thank you so much. No problem.